Coming at you on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM Blast Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM proudly presents Offsides. A weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, Joshua Counts. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM. I'm in the building. Joshua Counts right here, your host with a three-man team of Chris Gazillo, Tom Hill, and Aiden Doc. And we have a lot to get into, of course. We got to talk about Thursday Night Football. Joe Burrow out for the season. Mark Andrews out for the season. We got to talk about college football, of course. Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh is done for the season. And, of course, we got to talk about a trade in the MLB. And, finally, the association, the Boston Celtics. got The Boston Celtics blitzed the 76ers, proving that maybe the best team in the NBA is up in the city of Massachusetts. But, first, let's talk about the Thursday night football game between the Excuse me, between the Cincinnati Bengals and and the Baltimore Ravens. Guys, I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. The Bengals want lost, excuse me, the Bengals lost 20 to 34, but the season it's apparently over right now. So, Chris, I want to start with you first, man. How did you react when we got the news that this and this news broke earlier in the day? I'll say a couple hours before we started the show that Joe Burrow is done for the season with a torn ligament in his wrist. Um, when I saw so I'm gonna be honest. I didn't see the play like how he hurt his wrist, but I but I didn't expect it to be a torn ligament. I thought it was just like a little sprain in his wrist. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I didn't I didn't I was at work yesterday. I did not see the play. <laughs> you know, it, it was a tackle. So he 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 left the game for a couple for a couple plays. Came back and he started trying to throw the football. And it was a video online that he threw the football. He just couldn't even grip it. So Tom, eight. I'm gonna go to you guys. Honestly, if you had Joe Burrow on your fantasy, it's a wrap. Yeah. You went from bad to Jamar worse Chase, to it was even worse. <laughs> if you had Mark Andrews, it's even worse oh, than that. Yeah. It went from bad to worse to now apocalyptic. And the mm. Cincinnati Bengals season is it's done. It's over with. It's over. And when you have Jake Browning as your backup quarterback, like this is the thing. We've seen a lot of injuries from quarterbacks this year, but like if you know your quarterback may get hurt, and that could happen to any quarterback you got to find a capable backup. And Jake Browning is just, let's put it bluntly, not capable. He's not capable. And, yeah, I think this Bengals season is over. They're 5-5. Five and five. Baltimore, 8-3. and three. They have a better record than them. Pittsburgh has a better record than them. It's not looking good. I mean, this and this is the second quarterback in the AFC North to go down for the rest of the season. As we all know, Deshaun Watson is out, but the Browns still have a capable backup. They, they may not make the playoffs, honestly, anyway. That's my prediction. So you have two AFC North teams. So now it looks like this division belongs to the Baltimore Ravens, who also lost their start tight end in Mark Andrews. Yeah, I mean, it does belong to them now, especially since they also picked up the win last night. But, you know, the Browns still are kind of looming because they weren't winning games because of Deshaun Watson. They were kind of winning despite Deshaun Watson. So I think they could be there. It's still a downgrade at quarterback nonetheless, but the Ravens can easily run away with this division. But now the big question is, what are they going to look like when they face real teams, when they get outside of the division of, hey, we won the division, we made the playoffs. Like, Are we looking at what we saw in 2019 of you know, a pretty ugly exit possibly in the um, divisional round, especially without Mark Andrews? Because Odell, yeah, he looked good on the stat sheet, but that one pass where he caught it deep, 
and uh, he tried to make a cut, and I was like, yeah, that's... He's been playing better. He's been playing better, but it was like, yeah, Odell's up there in age. Because uh, he, uh, me, as an Eagles fan, watching a lot of Giants games, I'm obviously not ho- holding him to that, but that cut, he's making that cut real quick and going all the way to the corner of the end zone. So it's it's where's the production going to come from? Zay Flowers can, can produce a little bit. OBJ can produce a little bit, but you don't have that main guy. Um, and you also lost J.K. Dobbins, so it, it's... It's going to be a lot of questions uh, for first-year offensive coordinator and, and Lamar Jackson and having to play some hero ball. Well, they also have a very tough schedule for yeah. their remaining games. They got the Rams, they got the Jags, 49ers, and then they got, which is also Christmas Day on ABC. That's going to That's be, gonna a, be a great game. Yeah, it's going to be also be a tough game now that you lost Mark Andrews. Yeah, And you got Dolphins, New Year's Eve. And then you wrap up with Pittsburgh in the division. Most likely will be a playoff position. Is game. Pittsburgh uh, gonna find a way to win this division somehow? I don't know about the division. I don't know but, about the division. But Mike I think Tomlin, playoffs might. Be, I think playoffs might almost be a lock. Mike Tomlin just always keeps them in it year in and year. They're out. somehow six and three within horrible offense, and then their next two quarterbacks they face will be obviously the Browns with Thompson Robinson and um, and then Jake Browning. So they could possibly be eight and three in a blink of an eye with a. Pretty much a negative offense uh, honestly, on their team. Honestly, Pittsburgh could sneak in because looking at the rest of their games, they got the Browns, Bengals, both their quarterbacks back-to-back. Both their quarterbacks are gone. That was a both winnable. You got the Cardinals, winnable. Patriots, winnable. Colts, winnable. You got Are they going to lose again? That is a string of wins right there. I mean, Pittsburgh really don't face anybody till New Year's Eve against Seattle. You got like four teams that don't got any quarterbacks. They could get ten wins like pretty easily. Yeah, I, I, yo, yo, Kenny Pickett really, <laughs> Kenny Pickett can really, Kenny Pickett doesn't have two thousand yards yet. That's all he's at. <laughs> he's at he's at sixteen hundred. But and Najee Harris, who's been running the ball, is on his pace of making five hundred yards this season. But it, I, they could really get into the playoffs. <laughs> they could sneak in. It is kind of crazy because of how limited they are offensively that this is just a team that could not only make the playoffs but host a playoff game. Josh, you read <laughs> off their schedule. It's not hard. Yeah. I mean, they can win. I mean, you're talking about Patriots. You're talking about Patriots, Colts, Cardinals, yes. and two backup quarterbacks in division games. Those with, are easy wins. With with the stud defense. Like, as long as T.J. Watt stays healthy. Like, the only threat is probably the Patriots with their defense, but even then you're not counting on, like, you don't believe in Mac Jones, and they've been going back and forth. Most likely, this is the last trip. This is the last season of Bill Belichick's for the New England Patriots. Yeah, do you think? Uh, if, I'm telling you, if like the Steelers find a way to win like 12 games or or somehow, like TJ TJ Watt might have to be in that's the a MVP conversation. That's a ba- that's yeah. also MVP. That's also a banner. Had had one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Won 12 games. <laughs> like you, you like come on in a division which has been all the teams are over 500. But you got luck has gone your way where, yo, you lost it. Deshaun Watson's gone, and now Drew Burrow's gone. Like you got that's Lady Luck if I've ever seen it. Yeah. But we're going to move on, taking a look at the rest of the NFL games. This Sunday's got a couple of good, interesting games. Obviously, we got the Cowboys and Panthers. Dak Prescott most likely look like another Hall of Famer against the losing team. <laughs> That that's that that's the, but that's the, that's the thing. Yeah, that, no, no. As an Eagles fan, I try not to be biased towards the Cowboys, but man, I've never seen a front-running job that I see from the Dallas Cowboys like every other week, where they win, they either win by thirty or they lose. They are I, the easiest money in the league if you're betting. Yeah, ten and a fact. half against Carolina. Like, you oh, just man. take that money. It's, it's, I already see the halftime score of thirty-one to ten. Yeah, yeah, and 
and Frank Rice taking over play calling again. Oh, right? really? Yeah. So I just I saw something about Frank Rice. I didn't read it. So he's taking over play calling. I think after Carolina scored like two touchdowns. Or something so they're like just that. gonna keep going back and forth. Most right. likely. Yeah. Like Most it's likely. like it's like our right, who's uh, who could actually lessen them. Who can actually like make us score fourteen points? <laughs> like, I also before we go- move on, I want to talk about this real quick. I want to talk about Mark Andrews' injury. And he is a season-ending ankle injury. The conversation sparked up the following day, even later that after the game was over, of the tackle kind of, because obviously it he he got he got he dragged him he got him around the wrist and he felt on top of him on his ankle, which has now been in question is should they remove that type of tackling? And in my head, I'm like, all right, what do you want to do? Because you remove the horse collar tackle, which I understand, yeah. especially after the Dak Prescott injury, which was evident that okay, this we gotta get rid of that tackle. You can't grab somebody from the horse collar. And then collapsed on top of their leg and or even ankle injured ankle. Should they get rid of that 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 kind of waist that waist tackle? No, no. You can't. I, I don't. I'm like I don't it's know. It's already what, I, too hard for defenders playing defense anyway yeah. and defensive backs. You just can't institute mm-hmm. another rule against tackling. Like injuries are gonna happen. Like I get crown to the helmet. Fine. You want to limit the concussions. CTE has been a big problem. Mental illness has been a big problem. That you don't want that to factor in. You don't want lawsuits. That the horse collar tackle, I understand too. Similar to the similar to the crown to the helmet. That 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 waist tackle, I, I don't know how you eliminate. Like I don't know what you yeah. want. Yeah, I, I mean do, it's I, it's just kind of awkward. Like just to it's a it's how, how would you eliminate? I mean, like what would you even call a penalty? Like a legal illegal tackling. Illegal tackling. Like and that's the problem of look. Not every as unfortunate as the injury is, not every injury needs a rule to try to avoid that injury because some things are just unavoidable. And that's one of those things. I mean, Tony Pollard got hurt last year on the same tackle in the 49ers playoff game. And that's kind of when I saw these, uh, not rumors, but uh, takes come out where they want to get rid of that hip tackle or whatever they call it. I forget what they call it, but uh, hip roll or something. But you, you sadly just can't eliminate every tackle just because an injury happened in that tackle it's part of the game yeah it's just sadly part of the game and it's just the weird angle um i mean it only happens every so often but obviously something when it happens it's pretty detrimental to any player or any team but you can't just eliminate it because an injury happened especially since it was just a normal tackle well, it looked like a normal tackle on the field and he yeah. just sadly got his legs a little bit crossed up because he wasn't really running full speed due to the fact that he was kind of slowing down that at two because defenders were in front of him, and then he just got a little blindsided. But uh, yeah, you you can't really eliminate that. Yeah, but yeah, I I and I agree with you. I don't know how you eliminate. It. I think it's just it's part of the game. It's an unfortunate it part of the game. Uh, but I'm, now let's get back to NFL game. There's one big game I think because all the rest of the games I don't really care about. I don't. They're not nothing. Still, no nothing's catches my eye. But that Monday night game. November 20th, 2023. Eagles versus Chiefs. Chiefs at home at the Arrowhead. I mean, yeah, you said it. Dun, dun, dun. Like, Super Bowl rematch. Eagles coming in 8-1. Chiefs 7-2, 4-1 at home. Eagles 4-1 on the road. We might be looking at game of the year right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll go first just as an Eagles fan, I guess. But yeah, go ahead. I think the craziest thing about it is both teams are coming off a bye with very good coaching staffs. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be like a chess match yeah. of all chess match- matches, and 
Like, as an Eagles fan, I don't really have too much – like, losing in the Super Bowl, like, it's, you know, you have a little bit of bad blood, but, like, I'm not really as into it as I would be if it was, like – You really – are you saying – are you sure, like, you're not into it because that was a questionable call at the end of the Super Bowl? I, it you is. Know it was the right call to me. But nothing against – like, I have nothing really against the Chiefs. That's that's the thing. But, I'm like, I want to win. Like, I want to get that revenge, but at the same time, I know it's just weak. 11 um, or week 10 I should but this, say again week this 11. is a possible week Super Bowl 11. rematch you might be yeah him and I want it, I want it bad but the only reason I want it bad is because I just want to win every week like it's I'll add another storyline to this this, are, this is a rumor <laughs> obviously Taylor which Miss yeah Swift, what's, what's Taylor gonna actually, be wearing actually yeah, Taylor Swift I think it's supposed to be there because uh, the rumor came out I can't believe yeah I know I saw I know I know what you're talking about the what's she gonna, gonna wear what's she gonna wear what's she, she gonna wear is she uh if she could stay over there, she'd not pull it over to, to Kelly Green. <laughs> Andy Reid off a of bye. And no, this this really Nick Sirianni also be, off a of bye is also three and zero. Yeah, yes. this might be co- uh, uh, excuse me game of the year type quality even in week eleven. I just wish it wasn't on Monday Night Football because Monday Night Football is always disappointing. So it's like what are this we going to do? I think it's yeah. going to be a great Monday Night Football though. <laughs> this but, is at four twenty five. I'm telling you, scores forty one to thirty eight or I something. Mean, we we you would think we're in for a shootout, but like the way these games sometimes oh no get no this will be this will be low scoring. Someone's gonna control the tempo, and it is kind of interesting because the Chiefs have been doing it more with their defense this year, as their defense has been great. Their offense not so much has some question marks. They don't have a lot of yeah. wide receivers. Travis Kelsey's kind of been in and out. They have uh, I don't I can't even name the wide receivers on the Chiefs. Rasheed I'm not even Rice, Rice, I, like yeah. they're I'm not trying to be Sky disrespectful Moore, or when Justin I say this, Watson. but they're like no name dudes. Yeah, it's just it's just a lot of guys, and you're just hoping at least one or two step up every week. But that's why I think in this game it's interesting. I think the Eagles are are the better team, and I think to Thomas' point of controlling the pace, like you're coming off a bye week, and the Eagles haven't been able to run the ball too well. I think that was a big focus in the bye week, and I think that's how they control the tempo and control the game. I will say this is that, because I'm going to get your thoughts on this too before we go to break, is that the Dallas game was a good game. And Dallas surprised. I didn't think they were going to play the Eagles that well. But yeah, there was a lot of Eagles question marks. Eagles made so many mistakes. Exactly. There was a lot of question marks, especially on the defenses been on the Eagles. We're on all, it's like the team, both these teams are having – Similar issues, but on the opposite ends of the on of the field. Mm-hmm. Eagles offensively are good, like they're good. AJ Brown been balling, Devontae Smith been balling, Swift been balling. Like you have plays. Jalen Hurts has been made some questionable decisions, but has come up clutch. While the Chiefs offensively has not looked good. Yeah. And their defense is looking. I mean, this is the first time I feel like the, the defense has better, been better than the offense exactly. in the Chiefs for like whole, whole history. And the right? Eagles' defense is looking suspect yeah, right now. Yeah, it is. And I hope they fix that in the bye week because I think a lot of the big issue, and not to take it away from Chris, but a lot of the big issue is that, look, the DB room has been – it's been a new one every week. And I think they find, this bye week they finally reset. And if it doesn't click this week or the week after that, then I, I'm ready to just sail it off and I'm going to need Jalen Hurts to – to, to just Play carry us to yeah, literally just touch down every drive and then we get like a lucky turnover once a game and, and then that's what decides it because their run defense is amazing for the Eagles. I mean, Jordan Davis and that front line with Jalen Carter and their pass rush is getting home. The problem is their pass rush can't get home because the DBs are getting beat a little too quick. Chris, final thought before we go to break. Um, All I have to say, it's going to be a defensive game. It's, it's probably going to be like a 21-14 type of game. I would agree with that. I think I it's a control-the-possession game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very slow pace. As much as I would like a shootout, I think it's going to be around that 20 range. Nobody's going. I don't think nobody's going to go over 30 unless it's like the fourth quarter and the game's about over at that point. 
But before uh, before we go to break, checking the let's take a look at the WGLS campus calendar. Rowan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Rowan community about the importance of pedestrian safety, especially while crossing Route 322. Pedestrians traveling along the Chamberlain Student Center construction site are urged to follow all caution signs and avoid directly walking onto the highway. And motors who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines. Please follow state law and stop for pedestrians. For questions about public safety, call 856-256-4922. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for campus news and information. Everybody, it's time for today's STEM tip. Want to know how to make your selfies even better? Okay, let's use science. The best time for photos is golden hour. That's the moment right before the sun sets, when the atmosphere scatters blue and violet wavelengths, making perfect, soft, and golden selfie light to show off that beautiful face of yours. Click. Check out She Can STEM for more inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by Inspira Health. Getting sick is never convenient, especially when you're juggling a full course load, a job, an internship, or all three. The My Inspira app allows you to access care at home, between classes, or on the go. Services include consulting board-certified doctors by phone or video chat to get a quick diagnosis and treatment for non-emergency medical issues, from acne to the flu. You can see a doctor immediately or select a time for your virtual visit that works for you and your schedule. Download the My Inspira app to get started today. Inspira Health is a proud supporter of programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back, everybody, to a Friday's edition of Offsides. I'm here Josh Counts, Chris Gazillo, A Doc, and Tom Hill all in studio. And now let's talk about the association. A lot of games going on tonight. It is still the continuation of the end season tournament. We got the Bucks and the Hornets, Knicks, Wizards, 76ers, Hawks, Piston Cavs, Celtics, Raptors, Kingsburg, which will be on ESPN. I might check that one out. I like that's gonna be a good game. But Bulls, Magic, Nuggets, Pelicans, Suns, Jazz, Lakers, Trailblazers, and Rockets and Clippers. And that's the team I want to start with right there with the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, obviously, since the big James Harden trade, they have fallen to I believe it's 0 and five since the trade. 0 and six. 0 and five with Harden, I believe. 0 and, 0 and 6 five. With the trade. Okay, okay. Yes. So overall, six straight losses. Yeah. 0 and five with Harden. And now news came out earlier today that Russell Westbrook is moving to the bench. Honestly, mm. I predicted one of one of two things. One of was going actually a lie. I predicted this. It was going to be Russell Westbrook or James Harden going to the bench. I predicted more so James Harden, but shouts out to Russell Westbrook. It just proves again, listen, yo, much as much as we get on him about his game, you can't take anything away. That dude is the ultimate teammate, uh, ultimate sacrificer, and he's been playing great in the starting lineup before the James Harden great trade, and now he going to the bench. So, guys, Chris, I'm going to start with you. What are your thoughts on the Clippers and Ty Lue's decision going to put to, going to put Russell Westbrook to the bench? I don't agree with it. I mean, no, you don't agree with it. I don't. Talk about it. I I think that that Russ has been better than 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 Harden has been this season, and with them doing that, I mean, I think it hurt hurts the team with doing that because 
Harden is going to shoot them at the game. He definitely will shoot them at the game. And I think with Westbrook, he, he is a facilitator. I, I know he's a ball-dominant guy, but he won't shoot them at the game like James Harden would. Uh, Chris? Yes, he would. <laughs> he would. Yes, he would. He Come would. on. I don't James think, Harden, I don't, I don't everything think that you, you Harden would said, shoot them at the game more than Russ Dude, Westbrook would. would too. We've seen Westbrook Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, not, I'm saying not as much as Harden. I'm saying not as much as Harden would. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's close. I'm but trying to think. 2023 Russell Westbrook, I haven't really seen it too much out of him. But because he's he's changed. Yeah, he's, he's changed. changed. LA is humble. LA is humble. And it goes back to, you know, he's trying to do everything he, he can to win. And uh, part of the problem is, you know, he's had to sacrifice a lot, and he's on a team that really needs a lot more than him just sacrificing to move into the bench. So I feel bad for him because he's just trying to win, man. And that's one thing you see from his, his move today to commit to going to the bench. Uh, but I just hope that he finds a way to win somehow. But it makes sense to me. Because Russ, I think, needs his own lineup. Like he's not good enough to have his own starting lineup, but he's very capable of having his own lineup per se in those four-minute stretches at the end of the first, end of the third, um, and that he can really carry. Um, and I think the spacing has just been cooked on the Clippers. And I think Norman Powell will help it. Will it solve it? No, um, but with, it, it'll with, help. With it. James starting, because they look better. Um, I forgot who they played. They look better in like in the Denver. last game. Nuggets. Denver. Yeah, yeah, they they, they, they look solid look until the them. fourth quarter classic Clippers. But the wedgie was crazy. Yeah, oh man, that was crazy. But <laughs> Kevin Harlan, dude, <laughs> that was crazy. But they look better against the Nuggets, obviously. But the Nuggets are still a better team. But you think that maybe and James is this sounds like an excuse to me because you chose not to do this because you was beefing with Daryl Morey and the Sixers that you didn't play, you didn't have a training camp, you didn't do a preseason. Does it seem like James might be able to figure it out? And that because they play small ball too, they play small ball, and they like they they couldn't get no boards in the fourth quarter. I think they will eventually. I mean, James Harden was a facilitator last year with the Sixers, and he can score. It's an interesting fit, but when you take a look at Paul George and at Kawhi Leonard, more so Kawhi Leonard, he doesn't necessarily need the ball to be dominant, and he operates in the mid range. So, you know, when you take a look at a guy like James Harden. Yes, he didn't have a training camp, but Josh, to your point, it was the whole debacle with him and the Sixers and Daryl Morey and the contract situation, and that whole spectacle got blown up, and then he gets traded to the Clippers. So I do think that he will figure it out personally, but in terms of you know, making it work with these four guys... Very ball-hogging. They're ball-hoggers. Right. And Even I, though Paul George and Kawhi can do, do off-ball, they still need the ball in their hand to do the magic. So you see that the pacing slows down. I saw a lot of ISO. Like a, Paul George took a lot of bad shots in that, in that, especially in the final moments of that Denver game. And that's the issue with the Clippers is that yo, you got ball hoggers that can't like you need the you need to you get need a, facilitation exactly. And I think the problem is is that the assist title king and James Harden is only averaging four point two assists this year. Like mm. I know it's I know it's a short sample size, but if you're high in what five games now is just six assists. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on with the offense? I mean, this might be the biggest drop-off we've seen from someone who won the uh, assist title. Especially considering Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Russell Westbrook. Who's all, You've who's got rel- capable players. Who's, who's relative. Also, they have been, been playing some of them. They haven't been playing Bones Highland. Mason Plumlee's not hurt since they – and plus they don't have any big men. But Bones Highland hasn't even seen the, the action at all, I don't think, this season. So it's I just think, weird. He's an athlete, and I think they need athletes because I, that they're a pretty old team. <laughs> that, that, too. So I'm thinking, are you about to trade Bones Highland for somebody? I know Zach Levine's been ma- being watched. 
DeMar, a lot of Chicago players, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso are all being watched by teams. So what are you doing with Bones Highland? Yeah, I don't know. I, like The Clippers are a team that's all in on a team that it's not worth being all in on. Um, they have – for a team that has like one first round – their next first round picks in 2030 – for them to have no depth, no well, they center all play, that away. they traded all that. Yeah, away. like no center play, um, no depth, no backup. Well, obviously Russ is backup guard now, but like no true backup guard rotation. And you traded all your wing players for James Harden. The deal with Covington, Batum, and even Marcus Morris at least yeah. was, you know, maybe not now. He's not a solid player, but he was a solid player for them. And all of a sudden, like. They were they just are all in on a team that's just not worth being all in on. And when you misdiagnose like that, it can make your team even worse yeah. in the future. Because oh, now you've Imagine set they yourself Boots back. Island. Right. Imagine if Boone Island's like one of the younger guys on their team. I don't know why he they ain't playing. Maybe he doesn't even want to beat it for all I know. Yeah. I am just speculating that point. But I again I do not know. But looking at their like the rest of their November games are not easy like they got houston which is playing who's playing better now it's harden does harden maybe just need to return home to start getting going they're they're, <laughs> they're gonna be at they're gonna be in la for that game him and me. i'm him and i'm uh post post game uh, hangout that's crazy <laughs> remember those memes when i first got there and uh the, the rumors were that james Harden was gonna go there oh man and yeah and he may say no nah, we don't want that yeah <laughs> I, 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 and i understand it now seeing it i like yeah. I, i'm with he may yeah <laughs> you don't need him because Fred Van Vliet has been playing great. Dylan Brooks looks good. So, and, I'm, and again, the Clippers' schedule is not looking good for the rest of November. They got Dallas, New Orleans, San Antonio twice, Golden State twice, Sacramento. Tough games. And Sacramento, now that Darren Fox is back, is looking like a juggernaut. Yeah, and, and we know the story with the Sacramento Kings every year is great regular season team. Can they show up in the playoffs? Can they show up in the playoffs? And with DeMontis Sabonis as your center not a really good defender. He took it to AD, I'll tell you that. He did, and, and he has throughout his career, which is kind of unbelievable. But, you know, we know this This is the deal with the Kings. We've seen this movie before. Great in the regular season. De'Aaron Fox is clutch. Malik we start Monk, questioning Barnes, them yeah. once we start getting into April. Yeah, I think that's going to – that's very curious because one of my friends told me he feels like the Kings are going to fall. They're not going to be the same. He Even though he he thinks that uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to be more so – what we saw from the Kings last year, because Anthony Edwards has been amazing. Cat's been balling. Outside of Reno Gobert's getting choked out. That's the only bad thing with the Kings. <laughs> and now let's transition to that, because that was a good segue by me. Draymond Green is officially suspended for five games, I believe it is. Yeah. For choking out Rudy Gobert. That might be one of the most wildest things I've seen in the NBA in my lifetime. Being ch- it's not that he got choked out. It's the fact that he got choked out and be then dragged off like he's about to get executed. Like, you ever seen John Wick or play, like, Hitman or anything like that? You know how they choke somebody <laughs> and they, they start dragging him away? What's funny is Gobert wasn't even going after a warrior. He was just kind of breaking up the scuffle. No, we're going to have that talk now. Yes, he put his arms around Clay. Keep your hands up. Did he really put his arms around Clay? Yes. Okay, because yeah. if yeah. he did, it's then it the, makes sense as to why Draymond his, choked he put him it, Now, he put, like, his, like, Gobert's big dude. He put his large behind arms around Clay. Draymond said, no, nah, you're not doing that. <laughs> put his <laughs> muscles around, started choking him out like he was, um... What's my man name? Uh, Melvin and, and Baby Boy against Jody. <laughs> I'm well, glad you know, y'all know that little reference because I'm glad y'all seen Baby Boy. That's a black movie classic. <laughs> you knew uh, 
I think a lot of players in the NBA have been waiting to do this for Rudy Gobert for Yo, what is quite the, a okay, bit of time. And educate me on a Rudy Gobert issue because I'm gonna say I'm not gonna. I am uncaged. Why do players not like him? Because he started Kat, COVID. Honestly, it's it's That's weird. Crazy. It's yeah, it's he crazy. Did. He did though in the NBA, sure, but it was it was inevitable. Oh, it was inevitable. <laughs> Rudy Gobert did. We weren't, yeah, we weren't yeah. running away from that. But uh, honestly, I don't really know because he doesn't really talk. Not that he doesn't. He like he seems humble. Not that yeah. like. It, it's just it's because I, I almost soft? think that maybe him winning defensive player of the year and just him having that resume, you know, people are like, he doesn't deserve this or something, even though I think he does. Like he's, he's, he has the Timberwolves as the best defense in the NBA right now. Yeah. And a large part is that due to him. I don't really know where it started. He hasn't really talked it back to anybody. I, um, I don't well, know the Kyle what the issue like, I understand why he's trolled on NBA Twitter, but I don't understand why he's, like he gets disrespected by some Openly. NBA players. Yo, I can tell you, even yeah. if some of his players don't like him, because I, and I can say, well, cat, I'm not cat. I'll get the cat to sack. Anthony Edwards didn't look like he was running to get. Did you see what Pat F said about it? <laughs> I saw that. I, I'm not gonna repeat what he said. You just do but, <laughs> but Pat Bev basically summarized what I'm basically saying with the Anthony Edwards and Cat. Like y'all wasn't look like y'all was rushing to get them in time. Cat, I understand. Cat got PTSD. If you don't know, Cat got choked out by Ben Simmons before. <laughs> and keep in mind, Ben Simmons protected Joel Embiid. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. That, Like, yes. what Draymond did to... You protect your teammates. Yeah, you protect your teammates, no matter what. Like, even if you don't like the dude, I feel like. like but nobody was going to... Dog, nobody ran out defense. there to help. Because <laughs> Clay and Homeboy was still beating him. <laughs> I'm like, yo, why is nobody helping Grody goes back? Help him. <laughs> Like he's legit screaming like yo Rudy I, I wish y'all could see me Rudy's got his hands open like he's tapping like yo help me whatever is in front and he's help seven me, feet help tall me. you can't miss him yeah <laughs> everywhere on the bench nobody's missing him like, you know that Kevin, you know that Kevin Hart joke of help me yeah help me <laughs> exactly my back help is against me. the wall help me but moving on that that was hilarious Draymond got the five game suspension. I thought it was going to be a little bit more because Draymond's been, been a multiple offender. Not going to be just because of the jaw thing. I thought it was going to be a little bit more. I thought because I mean, if you're cracking down on like the consecutive offenses of it, yeah, like, Draymond's been. Well, Jaw Jaw's a little bit different because Jaw was messing with guns. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can control the NBA beef and players fight. You can control that because at the end of the day, that's still part of sports. Yeah. When you out there playing with doing dumb dumb stuff like with guns and all that, that's a that that that's a yo. We can't we can't have that. That's yeah. bad for the brand. At the end of the day, the the Dray, even though it's bad for Draymond Green to choke somebody out, listen, it's players sports. don't like each other. Y'all gonna yeah. throw some hands. It is what it is. We can control it. It's sports. But I think th- I thought it was gonna be more because again, multiple offender in Draymond Green. Two, um, it looked bad. <laughs> like yeah. choking him wasn't the thing. Like if you did it for like two seconds, like just to get him off. But he like carried him down. That's the court. what makes it hilarious to me. He was, not he was like, taking no. him half court to baseline. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it hilarious. He was going coast to coast with Rudy Gobert. That had to have been pent up for probably the last three years. Of did Draymond's you see? Life. Did, did you see Draymond's face? Like his eyes. Like, like yo, he really was like, I'm about to put like put a, like a WWE headlock on this dude. I watch pro wrestling. Like, that's a, no, I watch pro wrestling. I know a headlock when I see a headlock. I know a chokehold when I see one, bro. That, that's some Moe Joe type chokehold. Oh, man. We, we were probably like two more seconds away from Rudy Gobert actually having to like try to scramble out of it. <laughs> he come up going bait. Look, that's, that's why I thought it was going to be more because you, you started at like center, at center court yeah. and you dragged him over to your bed. <laughs> Yo, Draymond really is it's like It's smoke. like that blindside movie. I, I, I just was taking him home. <laughs> 
That's hilarious. <laughs> but moving on, let's talk about 76ers. They played tonight, obviously, against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I think this is their third in-season tournament game. 76ers were the number one team. We're 8-2 until they ran up against them boys in Boston at at Wells Fargo. And, Doc, you the Sixers fan, so I'm going to let you take over this one. Yeah. Dog, it, it was not good. It was not. Um, see, the thing with the Sixers is that they're playing very good ball. The problem is is when Nick Batum's out for personal reasons, which I hope everything is okay because he Kelly was out for Oubre. personal reasons after the trade, then came back, and now he's back out with personal reasons. So I hope everything's all right with him and his family. You got Kelly and then, Oubre And then the Kelly Oubre. So – all of a sudden, the wink depth. The Quick sidebar. That's crazy. That TMZ somehow got that that doorbell for the footy. Over yeah, I, honestly, I'm at, I'm at the point TMZ work with the CIA. Yeah, no, bro. you gotta watch. You gotta watch everything now, man. But TMZ uh, working for the feds. But I'm glad. Uh, he, I think Uber might have released it because there was rumors that because because he gave the wrong information where he got hit because he's new to the city. Like everyone was <laughs> like they were they were expecting I'm coordinates. I'm still shocked there ain't no yeah. video footage of Kelly Uber getting hit by a car yeah, in waiting, the city. They're waiting for it because he, he the address he gave the police. They said there was no film of him getting and i hit. mean that respectfully i'm like yo dog i've been to city sit philadelphia yeah. i've been in cities i've been in center city i walked around that area yeah, i know it's scary it, now it's, i mean like who would have <laughs> thought that you get, get someone gets hit by a car in center city let alone a 6-8 forward uh place for the 76ers like it to me when i saw it i was legit like no way and i mean i was just happy he's alive because the first yeah. report initial report was like oh he got hit, hit. yeah i thought it was worse uh, and i think he did story. but i think like luckily he might have only caught like the side of the car but uh yeah, but back to the Sixers, like their their wing depth is just it, it's due to Batum and uh, Ubre being out now. It, it's been rough. Like Marcus Morris is getting minutes, and oh man, Marcus Morris right in, in 2023, I, I he was special at a time, and I'm sure uh, you guys as Knicks fans can <laughs> attest to that. But right now he's just unplayable, like on every every aspect of basketball, sadly, and uh, that combined with um, you know the Pacers just. Tyrese Halliburton's very good, um, and they have they have up. a perfect offense built around him. And then the Celtics, just for some reason, you know, you know the Celtics. We beat them last week on Wednesday, and then this Wednesday we lose to them. And I think a lot of that had to do with the three point shooting being bad because Batum and Ubre were out, and and just the the bad minutes of. I watched a lineup where MB was out there with like four negative offensive players. It was like Pat Bev, Marcus Morris. Um, yeah, Pat can't give Springer. me no I love Springer. Um, but he, right now he's still a negative offensive player, um, and it was I forget somebody else, but it was somebody else, and you're just like this lineup Paul just Reed, can't win you game. No, it might it have been Paul Reed. was it? Because I'm gonna say I saw Paul Reed on halftime, so yeah, Paul Reed. Uh, it was Paul, Paul Reed. Reed. Joel Embiid's plus minus negative twenty five in that Celtic game. Yeah, because they they kept throwing him because they kept throwing the bench lineups, hoping he could just keep him afloat, and then that they would win the maxi minutes because they would bring Maxi out with Tobias, bring him out with. Paul Reed. Who's well, this was both. also a ham, not hammered Boston Celtics. This was a weakened Boston yeah. Celtics. Both teams are weakened, which is the funny thing. Because they didn't have last Jaylen week Brown, they were both they healthy. Didn't have KP. Last week, both these teams were healthy. And that game wasn't on ESPN. Now both these teams have like two players out each. Would you say Boston is currently still better than a Sixers in the long haul? Yeah, right now I think. But I think the good thing about the Harden trade is now there's a lane to get better than Boston. And I think even if you match up in a series with them and you, you told me that everyone was healthy on the Sixers and everyone was healthy both sides, like there's a way the Sixers would have to play a chess match like with lineups and, and things. But I almost, not to slander Jalen Brown because I know he's a hot topic, but 
His left, Celtics, hand his left hand ain't yeah, the, the, Celtics, the Celtics ball movement was a lot better on Wednesday than what it was last Wednesday. Oh, that, that might oh, be up. more of a testament to Derek White than that is true. A that too, Brown. because Derek White had a great game. But the thing about Jalen Brown is in the Jason Tatum situation, a lot of people kind of been saying like, yo, can these two coexist for X amount of years to get you a championship? Because mm-hmm. one has, because we already know Boston's been to the top of the mountain. They just haven't been able to plant that flag and win the championship. Can they do it again? Maybe, especially with the team that they got currently constructed. They could do it. But, again, it comes down to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Can they cause it? Jalen Brown doesn't have a left hand. There was a video going out that yeah. about Jalen Brown, like, shooting a gun. He's missing all the shots. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, but this might be the best Celtic team I think we've seen in, in a the long Tatum time. Brown yeah, era. and it is in the holiday. The problem, I think, is that. Look, man, Joe Mazzola, he's just he, – I don't know if he's going to put the pieces together. Is he? He's not better than E-May. I will definitely say oh, that. Oh, no. He's the, not better yeah, than E-May. And, no. and I think, so, I think it, in, uh, what, eight months when the Celtics somehow lose in, in the playoffs again, we're going to see, like, Rumble. Celtics fans tweet about how they how much they miss E-May because the Rockets probably, like, sneak in the I've, playoffs or something. I don't even think they tweet. I think they still feel that way. No, they, they do. Want, they, they want do. E-May. They feel like E-May got not, not just the players, too. The they, players. No, yeah, I remember them. the players tweeting about this. Like, they didn't want E-May going. Now we all know the rumor why E-May was fired. Yeah. I'm not going to go into it. But it felt like, yo, you just de- you just gave E-May a bad hand. Yeah. Ime was weird because then, like, the Brooklyn Nets hired him last year early. Well, they, didn't want, they didn't want the PR smoke. That's they, why. Yeah, oh, I forgot about smoke, that. So then they kind of backed out immediately. And they didn't Houston want that PR smoke. That thing's still wild. To me. It is kind of crazy. I'll say this about Jason Tatum. We love him. He's great. He's got a little Josh Allen in him. Mm. He may, you know, See, he that's has the thing his that. moments where he kind of gives you a game or two. I'm not fearful of Jason Tatum, if that makes sense. Like, I, he's a very good player, and I know he's going to put points on the board. But it's not like when I go against Giannis, I am like, we really need to get stop. Like, that's the first thing when you ask me previewing a Sixers-Bucks game. It's stopping Giannis. Yeah. First thing when I preview a Celtics game, it's not really stopping Jason Tatum. It's just kind of... It's more about who's going to go off first. Yeah, it's more about stopping the Derek Whites of the world because Derek White has just done a – if he goes off, like your team is just done because he's the fourth guy. And it's also about making sure Kristaps Porzingis isn't getting hot from three. Like it's more of a team effort when you face Celtics. A lot of that is due to them to being a very good team put together. But it's not like – even when Tatum put up 50 in game seven, I wasn't like, oh, I'm really scared of this guy, which is just weird to say. It was just – they're just such a good team that they get them good luck, especially that last dagger three that he had against us on that game on Wednesday. Just great ball movement, and I think it was created by Derek White, I want to say. And I'm scared of them as a team, but the reason why I'm not too fearful of them is because Tatum does have those games, and also Joe Mazzola, to me, doesn't put his team in the best positions to win. Chris, what are your thoughts on – you've been quiet. What are your thoughts on the Sixers and Celtics situation in terms of who's the better team in the East? Um – it's tough because they're both very good. That's the thing. They're both very good, but I'd probably have to give the edge probably to Boston now. But um, probably like later into the season, probably I probably have to give it to the Sixers. I mean, I mean, with them getting rid of um, Harden, it opens up the floor with Maxi and who's and, been able to eat and Maxi and to, to to just go off. 50-point performance, looking like the most improved player of the year this early on. I've already said he's going to be an all-star. If not an all-star, he might not be an all-star. Actually, 
How many great, I'm about to say how many go, the guards many, in the East aren't too crazy. I'm about like, to say yeah. I think both Halliburton. I think both Tyrese's will be Jaylen the starting Brunson. guards. Yeah, Jalen Brunson's there. I mean, I think I think if you're looking at I think at Maxie's it, better than Dejounte Murray. We I would say see, that. Yeah, I we might see. Uh, I don't think Trey Young might get. Uh, Trey no, Young might be a reserve. I think Maxie's had a better season than Trey Young. Too. Yeah, I, I think Trae we Young might be a reserve. Starting guards might be both Tyrese's, or maybe Donovan Mitchell, but he's. Team oh, team I even think. Oh, yeah, Mitchell. Darius Garland. He might not. He might. He, he'll get. He might sneak into the starter, but he definitely won't be reserved. Yeah, because I think. I mean, if you just look at his points, you're just like, yeah. Am I taking Trey Young over Maxie? Yeah. Oof. Now? Maybe? I don't know. See, that's the thing. I don't, because I really love the Maxi development, especially off ball as a player. I like Maxi defensively. But I'm saying, like, young. if you're starting a franchise, like, just based off all stars, you're like, well, Trey Young's the number one guy on the Atlanta Hawks. And you're like, you know, he's supposed to be better. So All-Star usually give him an edge. But if Maxi's averaging like 27, 28, I'm about to say it's he's very Bolton. efficient, too. It's also Fan Bolton. And the fans are watching. I guess I get it that Trey Young is the popular guard in, along with Donovan Mitchell and uh, Jalen Brunson in the East for the casuals. But if you're a wide basketball, actual basketball watcher, you know yeah. Tyrese Maxey is the best guard in the in the East outside of probably Tyrese Halliburton. And people love Maxey. It's like one of the players that has actually been in Philadelphia that everyone's universally loved. He was he was he was drafted in Philly. Uh, uh yes. Yeah yeah he's yeah, he fell to twenty one. Yeah so he's born and bred in Philly. So thank you Mike it, Muscala. It's like <laughs> Nick fans with Jalen Brunson. Like Jalen Brunson the minute he signed with the Knicks, we everybody did. revered him. <laughs> I mean nobody That's thought he was gonna th- be this good. I'm about to say but I'm about then to the say the minute we saw it. Last I'm about year, to say hang on because when we great. when we because Chris can speak on this too because you're a Knicks fan. When we signed Jalen Brunson, we had question marks. Yeah. We was like all right he's an all right play. He was a great player in college. And then when we saw him play, and I didn't expect it. No uh, we was like, it. "Oh, okay. Now we got, now we got something special." Sorry, I didn't respect your game like that. Exactly, it was almost an apology. Like we weren't, not, we were not familiar. I'm proud to say that I was a Jalen Brunson fan from day one in college, and it's 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 crazy because to me, he feels like a since I've been following him because he was at Nova for four years. It feels like he was he's one of like, the best players. It feels, in like Nova. He, it feels like he's 32. He might Guys be one of like the best 26? players, like, best player in Nova history. If you want to keep it a buck. Yeah, because he was there for both, um, and he was a big player for both. The big, bo- bigger in 2018. Yeah, but uh, he was still a pretty key. Yeah, player and looking back on it now, we see why Dallas was so good when they had him because mm. they had. When I Luka, still can't believe they let him go. I mean, obviously, it got they didn't want to pay Kyrie, him. But, yeah, they didn't uh, want to pay him though. And and honestly, I was like, you know, every NBA fan they thought Brunson was getting overpaid. I was. I'm I proud. To, I'm would. proud to say. I'm proud to say. I thought that was a good deal, and I now he's underpaid. Yeah, I'm about to say I oh, didn't think he was. Yeah, I'll say in like we say overpaid, and now he's like, oh no, Brunson is a superstar who needs another superstar. Which now they're going rumors that he might get cat. I don't know. I think I might Send take quickly my way. I think I Philly. might I might take Zach Levine over and Demar Derozan over cat. But that's a uh, that's a topic for another day. I want to move on before we go to break to the Golden State Warriors again. This time we you know I can talk about Draymond, but we got to talk about another man on the team, one of the legends of the team, Clay Thompson. He's cooked, bro. Chris, he is he's cooked. I, I think Clay Thompson's cooked. Like, what are your thoughts on this? I'll be honest, I have to agree. Tom, Aiden, thoughts on Clay Thompson being cooked. I think yeah. I think it's a wrap. I know he's playing for a contract mm-hmm. year. He's not looking good. Warriors have lost six straight. Curry's out. They got a tough schedule before they end in November. I'm I I think this is the end of the dynasty. I think it is. I think it's the end of the dynasty. And I think when you take a look at Clay Thompson, he's averaging 13.8, 40 from the field, 33 from downtown. And he's just a spot-up shooter. So when your splits are that bad and you're a spot-up shooter, 
you really don't offer much else to the team besides that. And his defense has gotten worse over time. So, yeah, it's looking rough. It looks like the wheels are just completely falling off of Clay Thompson. And it's sad because he's had such a great career, that Warrior team, the dynasty. But they're going to have to pivot and pivot soon. Doc, what are your yeah. thoughts on the Warrior dynasty coming to an end? Because I think, I think this yeah. is it for Clay Thompson. I think this is the last year of Steph, Clay, and Draymond together. And do I think that the Warriors championship window is closed? No. But the championship window, I think, is closed with Clay Thompson there. Yeah. And I think he'll hit free agency. Where will he go? Where? How much money will he get? I don't know. I'm still going to give him some more time before I answer, you know, if he's deserving of, you know, another pretty hefty contract. But right now, it, it's it's just what is what is he really – he's lost the defensibility and it, he's not really he shooting well. Yeah, he can't shoot. Yeah, I think his those, those knee injuries have finally caught up. But yeah. – we're going to have to talk about that another time. But if, like, before we go to break, can't get enough of the Odies? Then tune in to Saturday Night at the Odies on Raw Radio from 8 to midnight. Your hosts, Greg, Greg May and Matty K, play the greatest hits of yesterday, the classics of Motown and the early days of rock and roll. It's a rockin' party, old school style, every Saturday night starting at 8 p.m. It's Saturday Night at the Odies, only on Raw Radio 89.7, WGLS-FM, also online at rawradio.com. Step into Gavin's Rock Lab every Monday night from 8 to 10 p.m. on Rowan Radio. Join me, your host Gavin Trutzenbach, for two hours of all the rock and metal music that matters. Hear classic tracks from bands like the Moody Blues and Pink Floyd. All the way to the hardest hitters of today, like Mastodon and Tool. For the greatest deep cuts and live recordings of rock and metal, spend Monday nights with me in Gavin's Rock Lab from 8 to 10 p.m. only on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Also streaming online at rowanradio.com. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by Inspira Health. Getting sick is never convenient, especially when you're juggling a full course load, a job, an internship, or all three. The My Inspira app allows you to access care at home, between classes, or on the go. Services include consulting board-certified doctors by phone or video chat to get a quick diagnosis and treatment for non-emergency medical issues, from acne to the flu. You can see a doctor immediately or select a time for your virtual visit that works for you and your schedule. Download the MindSphere app to get started today. Inspire Health is a proud supporter of programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to all Friday Friday edition of All Sides. My name is Josh Counts, right here on Rolling Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, and this is our final segment of the show. Guys, there was a big trade in the MLB. Break that down to me, because it's been a while since we talked about the MLB. What has happened in terms of this trade? Well, so the Atlanta Braves are getting Aaron Bummer. From the Chicago bummer. White Sox. Yeah, it, it is a bit of a bummer. And my fault, my fault, when my you fault. take a look at I this give you Braves for that team, one. That was a good one. so the way it works in baseball is there are certain teams that, you know, the minute you question a trade, you just think, all right, it's this team that made that trade, you know, the Rays, the Dodgers, the Braves. They always seem to figure everything out. So the Braves mm. ended up giving up Mike Soroka, who was great a couple years ago, but he's never healthy. 
Jared Schuster, who never really worked out. Braden Shoemake, who might. Nicky Lopez, who's kind of been a journeyman. And Riley Gowans, who I would assume is just a throw-in. Listen, Aaron Bummer is not very special. He's good, but he's not special. And he's under control till 2026, so... Maybe this Braves team has got something cooking up. They have him for three years, and maybe you know they can turn him into a an elite closer. Maybe they stretch him back out to a starter role. I know it's tougher to go reliever to starter, but I think this Braves team knows what they're doing and can kind of make this work somehow. I'm going to say this, and I'm not the biggest baseball guy or analyst, or you want to call that analyst or anything like that. It don't matter until you figure out what it beat the Phillies. It no. don't matter. None it of does it not matter. <laughs> You won a hundred games two years in a regular. In a row too. You won a hundred games in a regular season. You, honestly, you, you got spanked in the playoffs by the Phillies. But it's it's weird with the Braves because like with the Orioles and Dodgers, we can look and be like, all right, the Dodgers need pitching, the Orioles need pitching. With the Braves, it's you know Max Fried was kind of hurt. You know for most of the year, Kyle Wright missed pretty much the entire season. So with them, it's just health and then show up and hit in the playoffs. Yeah. Matt Olson didn't hit. Acuna didn't hit. You watched that series, Doc. I mean, who hit really? Riley? No, yeah, Riley that hit was a about little it. bit. Darno. I mean, that was about it. I mean, the only thing the Braves really need to improve on is just it would take some tough conversations in that front office. Where of we, like, for example, the catcher position, like Darno and Sean Murphy are supposed to be two very good catchers. In that second half of the season, they both were cold, and and you were just. But again, they just traded for Murphy, and they loved Darno. But I, I guess, you know, it never hurts to add some pitching. I, I kind of am a little scared by it in a sense that the Braves have opened up roster spots. And I'm just always afraid of – because Atlanta Braves are always up to something. And I'm just always afraid that they're clearing roster spots for, like, big-time free agents. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I was about to segue into that. Good setup. Thank you for that. That was a good pass. That was a good pass. <laughs> so, and I said, like – and I. I know that again. I'm not the biggest baseball guy, but I know there's one guy in free agency that's going to be talked about till the start of spring training until he signs, basically. Shohei. That, Shohei Otani. What are the chances uh, the Braves are making? And there's no ca- get the, there's no cap space and no nah. cap space in baseball. So what are the chances that they make a play for Shohei Otani? They could, but I don't think they will. I, I mean, they well. See, it's tough because the Braves model is very different than the Dodgers and Yankees model. The Dodgers and Yankees, their model, the Mets, their model. Go out and get Phillies, the big players. Go out and get big players and pay them a ton of money. But what the Braves do, and I don't really even know how they do it, they sign their players for really cheap, or they'll go get like a Matt Olson and sign him for way cheaper than he probably would have got had he been on another team. So like they let Dansby Swanson walk because he wanted big-time money. So they really don't pay players at the le- or at their peak. worth at their yeah they peak. they 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 because they paid Ronald Acuna early they played Ozzy Albie's early Spencer and it worked Strider, it, it worked Michael it, Harris it's worked out for them very well um and the Phillies tried doing that once by the way and it did it didn't work out at all with Scott Kingery but it's just the Braves have just been able to tell kind of convince players that they're Less than what they would be if they were hitting market value. I'm sure you lose sleep at night I do. knowing that you don't have Scott Kingery. Yeah. I was about to say I do at, at Ronald Cooney because Ronald Cooney is making like less than $20 million a year, man. For yeah, the next like eight years. What he, he, they're it's able crazy. to do over there. Mm. All right. Final couple minutes of the show. We're going to wrap it up right here. College football talk. 
Obviously, I think we got two games left before the playoffs start. Before the play, well, officially the playoffs. Uh, news came down. I'll say earlier in the week. Uh, J- Jim Harbaugh. The verdict came in. You're out of here. Sayonara. Guilty. Gone. See they ya. came back quicker than the OJ verdict. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Saving thank you. But he is suspended for what? The final two games of the season. Yeah. He's not going to be playing. Uh, actually, Jim Harbaugh decided to take it on his chin. Said, yo, dog, I'm not even going to bother fighting it or pill it or anything like that. Go to court. Dog, it's two games of the season. They got Maryland. They got Maryland. And then they got Ohio State, which is going to be a big one, obviously. That's the final game of the season. Ohio State ranked number two. So that's definitely going to have playoff implications. On playoff ranking implication, I'll say it like that. But here's the thing: the playoff committee for the college football is a separate entity from the NCAA. They could put Michigan in the playoffs. What are the chances? Now Michigan is currently ranked three, undefeated. Let's say they, they, they sweep. They beat. Obviously, they're gonna beat Maryland. What happens if they beat Ohio State? That makes them eleven and zero. Do you still put him in the playoffs, even you with this? Yeah. You have to. I think you have to because, Josh, to your point, if the NCAA is a separate entity from the college football playoff committee, why leave them out for something completely isolated from what they did on the football field, which is win Here's and get in and be the top four? Here's the thing. It, and there is the sign stealing that you cheated, that you got their signs, and et cetera, et cetera. Yo, this is, I feel like there's going to be an asterisk here to this name to this if they end up winning the national championship, which they are predicted to do. And then if you look at it like from the again separate entity, the NCAA might take some heat, saying, "Yo, you can't allow this team that cheated be into the playoffs and get an opportunity to win a championship." But what's odd is this is coaches who've done the cheating. It's just coaches. It's not the players. So this is not necessarily like the Houston Astros. That was the only analogy I can think of. You know, buzzing or banging on trash cans and, you know, all the players were on board. So I would really feel for the Michigan players if they were to have their opportunity taken away from them. You know, it's not unprecedented because Louisville in college basketball, the NCAA vacated that title, I believe it was in 2013 with Rick Pitino. So it's not an unprecedented situation. What about Spygate with Bill Belichick and the Patriots? But it's it's different in college sports and pro sports. Pro sports, it's weird. Pro sports, it's almost like we're not willing to vacate titles. And my thought process there is if they're not willing to sort of remove or strip these titles – and they probably know every team is doing some variation uh, yeah. of cheating to some degree. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't think – like, I don't think the Astros are the only team that cheated, and I don't think Michigan's the only well, team. Well, Boston that cheated too. Yeah. So the Yankees. And I think the Phillies were rumored too, and we yes. still missed the playoffs, by the way. Um, <laughs> only, only me, bro. Um, but I think, like, honestly, the Michigan thing to me is weird. Like, it, you could compare it to Spygate, but Spygate was practice. Like – I feel like you kind of have access to the sideline during games. What they were, what they were saying is they was Michigan had people infiltrate the other team sidelines, get their information, and give it back to them. Yeah. That is cheating. No, no, no. I get it, but I almost am just like that's I, like me sending one of my people over to the opposition and getting a playbook and screenshot the entire playbook and send it to me. Now we know every single move that you do. 
Yeah. But I wonder why the treatment in pro sports is more lenient than the treatment of cheaters in college sports. I guess because of the NCAA. They have more power than they do in the pro yeah, sports. The NCAA, yeah, the NCAA kind of is its own thing. And pro, pro sports, it, it is, it's, it's tricky, like you said, because obviously a lot of people wanted Rob Manford to take the Astros, the Astros trophy they away. Should've. Um, damn, Boston when they see that year, that year too when they cheated. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, they no. cheated in a different way. I think they used Apple watches to Apple steal watch? signs okay, okay. from. I believe they used it. It was more. I think it had something more to do with like when you're on second base and you get maybe a tip from the pitcher. Mm-hmm. It was more about. But I thought that. they had like a camera like on the wall on second base facing like everything. Well, Houston was way more elaborate. I, I think if I'm right, in 2018, Boston had some sort of cheating mechanism, but I don't remember it being anywhere near the because level. Because the Boston Not manager Houston. was from Houston. Alex Cora, yep. yeah. Yeah. And he, he was the blueprint, or he was the, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess you could say creator or founder of that architect. blueprint. The architect, thank you, of the cheating scandal. Interesting, interesting. Well, getting uh, again, final thought. Oh, actually, we about to wrap it up. But final thoughts on the Michigan. Do they get into the playoffs? Anybody? Everybody? Yeah, yeah I think they're yes. the best team yeah. in the country. I think they are the best yeah. team outside Georgia. I, I think they beat Georgia this year. I think this is the year. If Michigan chokes this year, honestly. Then they deserve the Yeah. <laughs> it's One. like losing to TCU last year was pretty embarrassing for them. That was terrible. And, that was terrible. And if they find a way to like lose even first round again, even if it's like Ohio State rematch, like they need to find a way to at least get to the championship. I'll say this too. Does Jim Harbaugh leave college and go back to the pros? He should. I thought I think Denver was his only shot because of money. What about uh, San Diego? Not San Diego. Los Angeles Charger. Mm, if they got, if, I don't know much about their owner. I know the Broncos' new owner has a lot of money, and that's why he almost went there. I don't know if the Chargers' owner has a lot of money. I mean, Tom. Yeah, it's Tom Telesco, yeah. the owner. Yeah, I think so. Or, or, I, mean, I mean, he's paying. He's paying fans. I mean, right? Justin or Herbert's so over there. That's crazy. That's yeah, he crazy. Is paying fans. <laughs> um, I, I think he will go to the NFL. I don't know if it's going to be next year. I think he will soon. All right, that will do it for Friday the Friday editions of All Sides. My name is Josh Counts. I was here with Chris Gazillo, A Doc, Tom Hill. We will catch you guys next Friday. Actually, you know what? It's not gonna be next Friday. It's gonna be Black Friday. Enjoy y'all holidays. Uh, enjoy to spend time with the family, friends. Enjoy Thanksgiving. We'll catch you the week after Black Friday to talk more about everything going on in the world of sports. But this will do it for myself right here on Wrong Radio eighty nine point seven WGLS FM. Channel 2. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.